This is the Horse Radio Network. What a beautiful day for horses in the morning. You are listening to the number one horse podcast in the world. Here's your entertaining look at the horse world and the people in it. Good morning, everybody. I am Glenda Geek from Ocala, Florida. And I am Jamie Jennings, and I'm in Norman, Oklahoma. And you're listening to Horses in the Morning on the Horse Radio Network for December 23rd, episode 2586, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products. Good morning, Horse World. And now, from last year's Radiothon. Santa baby, just slip the saddle under the tree for me. For me. Been an awful good girl, Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight, Santa baby. A gooseneck and a four-wheel drive too, steel blue. I'll wait up for you, dear Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. Think of all. The sleep I've missed Think of all the fellas that I haven't kissed Next year I could be just as good If you'll check off my Christmas list I think that was Laura Berry who we had on the show from yesterday playing trivia I, I believe that's who that was. That wasn't marked, but it I sounds know, like. Oh, but her. that was that was naughty. Is what that was. <laughs> well, I thought it would be a good way to start our last show we're doing together this year. Be a good way to start that. I have another one for you later in the show that was uh, fantastic that I want to play again too. Uh, welcome everybody. If you're brand new to us uh, and have come over, we mentioned this yesterday. But for those that didn't listen to yesterday, uh, we had an article that was in Horse Illustrated about uh, H. And me and Jamie and everything. It's a really good article. So if you've seen it there and you're coming to give us a try for the first time, uh, we are here Monday through Friday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Jamie and I are here hosting and having a little fun. Think of morning drive radio with horses. So I'm talking about horses. That's kind of what we are. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we have special monthly episodes that get in a little more serious in training and all of that stuff. Uh, Mary Kitzmiller is here and a bunch of other people, the Certified Horsemanship Association, and we do an endurance day. So we have a lot of different things we do. Uh, this is our last time together. We always take a break between Christmas and New Year's, and uh, we will have episodes for you. Look at your feed, some best ofs and some new ones too. Uh, but we'll be back on the 4th here doing our thing. So if you're new, give us a couple... We've been doing this 10 years, so there's some inside stuff. We try and explain the inside stuff, but you'll get it. Just give us a week, and if you'll If you don't, it out. just message me angrily and tell me how dare I give an inside joke and not explain, and then I'll just explain. There you go. There you go. But it, we have been doing it a long time, and some listeners have been listening for all 10 years, too. So uh, we appreciate you being here and giving us a try. On today's show, we have a couple of guests joining us today. We have Christopher McDougall, who joins us about his amazing adventures with his donkey. And he wrote a book about it called Running with Sherman, A Donkey with the Heart of a Hero. Plus, we have uh, one of our auditors, Avery Morgan, is going to tell us about this year's HRN Winter Ride Challenge which is open to all of our listeners. And we also have some weird news and other stuff coming up on today's show. So that's all coming up today. And we also, at the beginning of every show, do what we call a daily winnie, and it's kind of a shout-out that we do. And I'm going to do a daily winnie that is one of these. And I've completely lost this. So we give happy birthdays out to our auditors. Those are our super fans who donate anything from 3 to $25 a month to belong to the auditor room and uh, to get some special perks. And I went through and looked at the entire break all the way up to January 4th, and these are the people I found. Uh, so happy birthday to auditors Nicola James, C.J. Goldsmith, Margaret Sperrin, 
Tamara Smith. Tamara? Tamara? I'm going with Tamara. Uh, Carrie Tamira. Dash. Kimberly Watts. Maria Munez. Kelly Munez. Munez. Well, the, oh, these are actually how 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 long is this till January fourth? That's right, Maria Munez. I'm getting everybody. Kelly Old. I get in trouble if I don't. Ashley Crabtree, Megan Aline, who was on our show yesterday playing. Rich Miller, my good friend. Jody Becker and Beth Hagee. So happy birthday to all of you! And if I missed anybody, I'm sure I will hear about it. And uh, you know what? Do. Here's the other thing too for those people that are new. Um, Glenn will mispronounce every single name and it's a badge of honor at this point it's like if he gets it right you know it's yeah, boring that's boring <laughs> i probably only messed up three or four today i'm doing good well y'all started something okay because this morning i woke up craving marmite and vegemite vegemite you're well, we kidding. tasted it yesterday. You really did like it. I actually thought about it last night before bed. I was like, that might be a good bedtime snack. But then I'm like, I don't need a bunch of bread and butter before or bed. Or the aftertaste. <laughs> well, so I woke up this morning and I made me some, uh, I used Marmite today. I'll use Vegemite next time. You know, I'm going to go back and forth. Um, so I did my toast and I put the butter on it and then I put the Marmite on it and it was so good. And so I posted a picture of it in the auditor room. And I, t I, I was taking a picture of the food and Chad's like, are you taking a picture of your toast? I'm like, listen, <laughs> it's a long story. Don't get me started. So I post a picture of my half-eaten toast. And Kristen, one of our auditors on this page, said, I am now super, in parentheses, morbidly, excuse me, curious to try that stuff. I asked my husband if he would try it with me, and he said, sure. And then, for dessert, we can lick the garage floor. <laughs> That's not funny. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I laughed really hard. So I think it's because he, he feels the same. Uh, and to like, explain I'm... the inside joke, yesterday on the show, if you missed it, we, we did a taste testing in honor of all of our Down Under listeners and all of our British listeners. We did a taste testing of Marmite versus Vegemite. And you liked both. I liked neither. Yeah. yeah. This is my surprise face that we didn't agree on something. <laughs> you know what else we're not agreeing on right now is the fact that I... I'm mortified that everything is shut down. There's no school. The gyms are, my gym is closed. Um, there is no work for me for the next two weeks. I am hating the fact that everything just stops. And I mean, I know it's like, a, you know, a COVID climate, but I've still been able to do all the things like work and go to kickboxing and to have like people to talk to and my kids go to school. And now it's all ending and it stops for two weeks. I hate this. Well, it gives you more time to work your horses. You love it though. Yeah, I love it. Oh, I I can't wait. I'm, I'm again, always, but I'm always so worn out. I do more than one show, so I'm always worn out by the time we get to this point. I do like two shows. Okay. Yeah. So I know. there. I mean, I'm exhausted. <laughs> this is the easiest part of my day. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what's funny is uh, we did get, and we needed these at this time, um, We and I'm not going to mention names, but I wanted to thank them and get serious here for one moment. Uh, we got a couple of, we got an email from one of our listeners, Down Under, actually, and then we also got uh, a, a message or two from others who who really thanked us for getting them through some tough days this year. And, you know, we think we do this silly little show, and we're goofing around. We, it is a silly little show. We're goofing around, and we just have some fun. We end up talking about horses and life and other things. And we've been doing it for 10 years. And sometimes we forget, one, that people are actually listening. You know, a lot of times I just think I'm talking to Jamie, and that that's what we do. Uh, and then, two, that... People are getting enjoyment out of it, and it maybe helps them on a bad day. And we got a couple of emails that really expressed that poignantly to the bringing us both to tears. Uh, so we're glad we're here and we can help you on a bad day. And, you know, doing this show helps us on bad days, too. Uh, at least for an hour and a half or two hours, we forget about our bad day that's going on. So uh, we just wanted to thank you for being here with us and for hanging out and, and putting up with us all these years. Uh, and especially through this year, it's been an interesting year, what, the most interesting year we've ever done this show. That's for sure. Um, and we're just glad we could help and glad we could be there for you in whatever way that was. Uh, anyway, that's what I wanted well to said, say. Well said. Um, yeah. And speaking of, we're going to be there for you. 
we're going to, we're going to be there to support you and make you laugh. And I'm going to tell you in weird news about the greatest, it's not Marmite, it's not Vegemite, but weird news is coming up. And that is where I let you guys know what's actually in the news that the like real newscasters might not be telling you. And there is a new delicacy coming to the people in China. Something's telling and, me I don't want to hear about this. And I cannot coming, wait to share. You say delicacy in China, and I, it's not good together. <laughs> Trust me. They eat some weird this stuff. This one is going to rock your world. It's it's from, like, our McDonald's. So it's something our McDonald's is making. And you're mm. going to want to hear about it because it's limited. Avail- it's more limited than the McRib. Okay? <laughs> like, this is a big deal. So coming soon. I'm going to take a picture of it so I can post it in the auditor's room when I, uh, when I actually, you know, do All the right. story. All right, good. Well, let's, uh, let's get to our sponsor, Kentucky Performance Products. And then coming soon is our first guest, Christop- Christopher McDougall will be coming right up. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Feeding your horse starch-laden grains can lead to colic, laminitis, and metabolic disease. Today, nutritionists are recommending the use of high-quality fat to provide healthy calories. Fat is an extraordinary energy source. It's readily utilized by the horse and contains more than two times the calories of starchy grains. Replacing grain with a high-quality fat supplement reduces a horse's risk of developing health problems. Equijoule Stabilized Rice Bran is an excellent fat supplement. It contains a balanced calcium to phosphorus ratio and won't cause mineral imbalances when added to the diet. Its all-natural ingredients are high in healthy fat and fiber. And best of all, horses fueled by Equijoule stay calmer and more focused on the job at hand. When you need to add healthy calories to your horse's diet, choose Equijoule. To learn more, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, coming up next is Christopher McDougall. He was trained as a foreign correspondent for the Associated Press, covering wars in Rwanda and Angola, a lot braver than us. Uh, When he got home for therapy, he got a donkey. And that's where it all started and led eventually to the book, Running with Sherman, A Donkey with the Heart of a Hero. Well, hi, Chris. Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. I'm happy to be here. So, Chris, I I was reading a little bit about your past. You've lived an exciting life, uh, foreign correspondent uh, for the Associated Press covering wars and things like that. That's that. What a life. Yeah, well, it's kind of thing you sort of stumble into a step at a time when you're young and you're doing it before you second guess whether you ought to be doing it. So (laughs) luckily, I was able to get on the other end uh, pretty much unscathed. And then you you lived, uh, you were out of Philadelphia, right? Is that where you originally from? Yeah, originally born and raised in Philly and just started to seek opportunities elsewhere. So the big break was getting that job as a foreign correspondent for the Associated Press and working in Portugal and Spain and Africa for a bunch of years before moving back home. Well, and then when you moved back home, you actually, I grew up in Lancaster County, Pennsylvania. That's where I grew up. Oh, no kidding. Yep, and that's where you went, right? Isn't that somewhere over there when you came back? Yeah, the big pivoting point was uh, late 90s when everything went digital. So as a writer, you no longer had to be in the place where you worked. You could be anywhere. You know, it it was no longer the days where you had to turn in a hard copy of a story. You could just zing it in over the internet. So We were in Philadelphia then, my wife and I and our our little two-year-old daughter. So something like the world is your opportunity. We started looking around. We didn't look that far, actually. We only looked about an hour. Yeah, I was going to say. uh, (laughs) Yeah, that was about as far as I could see. But, you know, when you're in Pennsylvania and you realize Lancaster County's out there, it just seems like one of these undiscovered jewels because it's like the land of time for God. It's beautiful. It's spacious. You see horse and buggies rolling down the road. And to us, that was about as exotic as it could get. So we moved from Philly 
into the heart of Amish country in Lancaster County. Well, I know exactly what you're talking about. I grew up with that. Uh, and it said, I read that you were sick when you moved there. Was that a physical illness or? No, um, I would say it was more of a kind of a slump. It was this kind of physical, spiritual, um, mental uh, decay in a way. Because uh, when you live in a city as a writer long enough, I think you just start to kind of fall apart. You're sitting at your desk and you're not really drawn outside because the outside really isn't all that inviting. You know, so you, mm. you can go for a run, but you're running the same couple of blocks all the time. So I'm eating too much. I'm sitting around too much. I'm watching TV too much. A lot of too muches. And I wanted to reverse that by getting out in the countryside. Well, you can do that in Lancaster County. That's for sure. <laughs> so now it was, it was, it was irresistible. It was actually becoming an, <laughs> the opposite problem. Was it was becoming an impediment to my writing because, you know, you wake up in the morning, the sun's rising. It's gorgeous. Um, we started to raise animals. You want to be out there with them. So suddenly <laughs> I'm writing less and, and having more fun. Yeah. <laughs> and how did, why did you decide a donkey would be a good idea? Who said it was a good idea? <laughs> a lot of people have gotten donkeys that said this wasn't a good idea. That's why I asked. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm messing around because it turned out to be fantastic. And I think one of the most underappreciated animals in the world, uh, I think people have no idea, at least I didn't, how unbelievably affectionate and trainable and fun they are. Uh, they are something else. But to rewind, what had happened was, we bought this little farm in Southern Lancaster County and had not only our own five acres, but hundreds of acres of farm around us. We were like a little Island in our one house surrounded by hay fields. So it was kind of cool. So we started to raise sheep and then goats. And my youngest daughter was born there and raised there. And so to her having animals was just very natural. And then we asked her what she wanted on her ninth birthday, which I, I advise people to never do. Never ask a nine-year-old what <laughs> they want. a girl. Because, <laughs> <laughs> well, they're beyond dolls, and they hadn't figured out cars and, and cell phones. So it's that little window there where their ideas go crazy. And what she said was she wanted a donkey. And you know there are, really aren't donkeys on the East Coast. People don't use them for anything. It's more of a Rocky Mountain, West Coast kind of a creature. And when I asked her why, I'd completely forgotten that we had been hiking one day and we'd seen a woman riding a donkey up the trail. And she was really cool. She was funny. And the donkey was adorable. And we all petted it. And then we all forgot it, except for the nine-year-old who had it stored away in her brain that maybe someday she'll be riding a donkey. And that was her request. And that, and that began that, that next great adventure. Where did you get, where did you end up finding this donkey? Yeah, so that was problem one. Where do you find a donkey in Lancaster County? And I asked around. They have a lot of mules, and, and not so many donkeys. <laughs> exactly, and that was my first education, because to me, I didn't even know what the difference was. So I said, hey, they may have a donkey. And they're like, you mean a mule? I said, I don't know, do I? And they said, no, because a mule is an um, infertile cross between a donkey and a horse. Okay, lesson one learned. Where do I get the other one, the donkey? And they said, you don't. Uh, people will bring one into breed. But then they're gone. They're, they're bred around and moved on. No one really keeps them. And then one person said, you know, we actually know one, and we're trying to get him out of this place. And it turned out there was a local farmer who had become a hoarder, and he had a couple of animals locked away in a stall in a barn, and they were in really bad shape. And I thought, great, you know, it's a win for everybody. But when we went to look at this donkey and we saw what horrific condition it was in after years being locked in the stall, kind of my heart sank. Like, this is not a present for a nine-year-old. This is a rescue operation. Yeah, it's a project. But, yeah. then, and, but, but my daughters were with us at the time, but we all kind of looked at each other and we thought, there's no way we're leaving this donkey here. It's like, he's coming out of here. So we ended up taking him home. And, and this was the donkey that ultimately led to the book? You know, I hope everybody has someone in their lives like our friend Tanya. Now, Tanya only became our friend because when we brought this donkey home and we realized how badly foundered it was, it never had its hose trimmed, its teeth were rotting. We're looking at each other like, well, what do we do? Like, we're in over our heads. 
so I started to ask around to my neighbors, like, hey, who's that woman who was riding the donkey on the trail? And in Lancaster, if you're a woman who rides a donkey on a trail on a saddle, everybody knows who you are. I bet. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, you want Tanya? Well, here's her number. So we called this woman whom I'd never met for more than a second. She blazes over to our house and takes this donkey as her personal mission to bring it back to life. And when I say I hope everyone has someone in their life like Tanya, because she is uncompromising, unsparing. She was as angry and insistent with me as she would have been with the owner of that donkey because, you know, she wanted this donkey to get well and she was not going to tolerate me doinking around and being helpless. So she schooled me up pretty fast on what I needed to do. And that began, again, so the thing that stuck in my head was, she said, you know what? Every creature needs a purpose. You can't just stick this thing out in the, in the field with a, with a bow on its tail like you are. You needed to give it a reason to open its eyes and get excited every day. You got to figure that out. Otherwise, this animal's going to die. And I'm like, I, you know, well, I don't, I'm not a prospector. I'm not, I'm not going <laughs> to pioneer westward. I don't, I don't have a job for a donkey. But then I remember that people still run with them as, as um, for a sport. And I thought, okay, maybe, you know, maybe that's our job. So you taught the donkey to run with you then? I mean, we've covered that race in Colorado. Uh, we've had winners on over the years and things. So we've co- we know exactly what you're talking about. But not all donkeys are cut out for that. Well, you know, I, I'm not sure about that because genetically they are. These are these are roving, ranging creatures. You know that, and, and donkeys have not been, I think, domesticated in the same with the same sophistication horses have because you know horses have been bred and trained and um, selected for specific pers- purposes over the years. But donkeys only really been selecting bread for one purpose, which is just to kind of walk, you know, just to cover long distances, uh, often with packs on their back. So I think the breeding line from donkeys is probably not that different than the wild asses of North Africa that they descended from. And those creatures in North Africa uh, evolved to really cover very long distances, like up to 50 miles in a day at a pretty comfortable trot. And that uh, capability, I think, is is probably present in almost all donkeys today. Well, and I think that what, was our. Le- I mm-hmm. think what Glenn was mentioning is that yes, physically they are very capable of traveling, but what he was getting to was <laughs> mentally, mentally a lot of them may uh, not want to go where you want them to go, yeah, exactly. and that would be the big challenge. Is not physically, of course, horses all of them can go and go and go, but mentally a donkey. They have a little bit more of a, an opinion than some other animals. <laughs> yeah. So I'm yeah, sure you was... discovered the opinion on your donkey. Can you tell us a story about your donkey being opinionated? Oh, yeah. I discovered that opinion day one. Uh, <laughs> so that's, a, that's another fascinating thing. And I think it was the hugest lesson that I took away from this experience, not just with donkeys, but with all creatures, with, with myself. And you know, Tanya had some wonderful advice. So I gave her this idea. Hey, Tanya. Look, I know myself, and if I have a chore and I don't want to do it, at some point I'm going to quit. So whatever, whatever job I have to do with this donkey, it has to be something that I want to do too. And I like to run every day. Can I make this donkey my running partner? And then I told her about the burrow race in Colorado. And she's like, yeah, you can do that. He can do that. But anything you want a donkey to do, you got to make the donkey think he thought of it first. Yes. And, and as soon as I heard that, I'm like, man, that just applies that applies to me too. It applies to everything. So that became the challenge. So physically, if we can get this donkey named Sherman, well, how do we persuade him that he thought of this idea of going running? And ultimately after trying a lot of solutions, we accidentally stumbled on the answer, which is that when you have a problem with a donkey, just keep throwing more donkeys at the problem. So, you know, we, we ended up getting two more donkeys. Both oh, God. <laughs> yeah. And then when we surrounded Sherman uh, with two other donkeys, when we had a little herd of three donkeys and three runners, suddenly running became the normal thing. And they all just kind of signed on to the program and off we went. 
I feel that way with horses. You know, if I have a problem with a horse, I'm just going to get two more. And then... Oh, in Jamie's case, she's lying. Those, she gets 10 more. It's not two just two more. more. Yeah. Same with dogs. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> How long from the time you started running with him and... I want people to read the book, so I don't want to give away too much, okay? Um, how long from the time you started run w- running with him to you did the race in Colorado? It, it was a little bit under a year, okay. which was actually an astonishingly fast amount of time. When we first got Sherman, Tanya's first thought was, it's a coin toss whether we actually put him down now. He was so bad if he couldn't walk properly again, then he was such a high risk of colic that she wasn't sure whether the more merciful thing wouldn't be to put him down. But we um, were able to trim his hose. And then again, the great breakthrough was we have this rock headed goat. I have to sire to my save name with this rock headed goat named Lawrence. He's one of these like trouble, trouble kids that has flashes of brilliance, but most of the time just breaking your windows and wrecking your car. Like that's, that's Lawrence to go. But Lawrence had that flash of brilliance uh, that first night with Sherman. He immediately glued himself to Sherman's side and wouldn't leave him. I get, I get choked up about this guy every time I talk about it. Uh, he became Sherman's instant companion. And that brought Sherman back because Lawrence is super affectionate and loyal, but he's also hungry. So when the, when the hay came out in the morning, Lawrence is off to get food. And then Sherman took his first steps after his hose had been trimmed to try to follow Lawrence. And that's when we realized, okay, he, he's going to be mobile. He can, he can move. And hmm. then we use Lawrence as kind of a training buddy at first. We take Lawrence for a walk and then Sherman would follow. And once that started to happen, we thought, okay, let's, let's just keep the momentum. Let's take him out for jogs. And then my daughters would take the place of the goat. And I mean, this only in the nicest sense, but they would run in front of, uh, Sherman and Sherman would follow them. And then bit by bit, he started to really move. Well, you know, this is a story. That's a fascinating story. And it's one that probably taught your kids a lesson, too. That's a topic for a different day. But I'm glad that they got to see this all happening, too, and and really learned, uh, learned probably some lessons along the way. I think a lot of things. Not only do they see the change in Sherman, but, you know, I come from, like, Irish Sicilian stock from Philadelphia. And we're not known as the most like patient, you know, flexible people in the world. And I think what my daughter saw was I had to get it through my head that I'm on donkey time now, you know, that if you think you're going to hurry a donkey, you are going to lose. And I think what they saw was that I had got it through my head that you just got to take a breath sometimes and try to really understand what the creature or the person in front of you is thinking and put yourself in their shoes or in their host. And I think only with Sherman did it get through my head that it can't be my way now. It's got to be, what does this creature need? What's it thinking? And I have to react to that instead of imposing my own, my own calendar on it. And that's why uh, equine therapy works so well right there, because it does that for so many different people. Um, and you know, and, and, uh, we see it all the time. I'm going to let that go. You, know, I, I, you I'm going to let it go there because we're running out of time and I want people to read the book. <laughs> so, uh, the, sure. where okay. can they find the book? It's running with Sherman, a donkey with the heart of a hero. You can get it anywhere, but I always urge people find your little independent bookstore. Cause not only will you get the book you're looking for, but they're going to teach you what else is out there. So any independent bookstore in any city in the world, uh, Amazon, of course, but um, yeah, just anywhere you can. But if you can go in and talk to a bookseller, that would make everybody happy. All right, and it's Christopher McDougall. You'll find it. It's called Running with Sherman, A Donkey with the Heart of a Hero. Have a great holiday at the farm, and give uh, give Thank Sherman so a carrot, carrot for us, okay? No, give Sherman <laughs> a sugar-free peppermint from us, okay? He does not <laughs> need right, the, the sugars. <laughs> How about a big hug all around? Okay. There all right, go. good. Thanks, guys. Thanks right, a bye. bunch. The donkey, Glenn, you don't give it sugar. Every animal gets carrots. Even our dog eats carrots. (sighs) Your dog is a greyhound. It's allowed to have things like that. (laughs) (laughs) My pony gets a carrot every night. Every night. Uh, Oh.
Oh, good. Okay, cool. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> I would like to, uh, I guess maybe you should tell us. Do you want me to tell you about Wintex? Sure. Okay, well, if uh, this is my, I use one daily, Glenn. I can't tell you how many times I now use that Wintech every day because it's it, it's sticky. The one that I use, I use it to start all the horses in and you can beat it up and it doesn't look any different. It's awesome. Uh, so are you looking for an affordable saddle for 2021? One that will last a lifetime. Mine is like 25 years old. They do last a long time. <laughs> yeah. Then consider one of the many styles of Wintech saddles. Wintech has always made riding easy and comfortable. They combine world-leading innovation and high-tech materials and lightweight, weatherproof, and easy-care saddles. With the easy-change gullet system, the saddle will fit most any horse. A saddle so light, tacking up is simply a breeze, and cleaning up is just a matter of running the hose over it. Dressage, jumping, all-purpose, and many more. Check out all the styles at WintechSaddles.us. That's Wintech, W-I-N-T-E-C, Saddles.us. It is the time of the show that we are going to challenge all of our listeners. That's right. We are talking today about the HRN Winter Ride Challenge 2021. This is open to all listeners. And at the helm, somebody has to organize all the things, Glenn, and I can't do it, is our listener, Avery Morgan. Hello, Avery. Hello. How are you guys? We are great. Um, Thank you for being on. Tell everybody where in the world you are right now. I am in the Pacific Northwest in a little tiny town in Washington state. Okay. So when we say it's a winter ride challenge, this is a real thing for you. It's not like you're in Southern It's not Florida. like me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's 25 degrees outside right now. No snow Ooh. yet, but very cold. Ooh, that sounds lovely. <laughs> oh, yeah. do, you, do you guys do that here? I, I, I've never been, uh, I've I've never been party to this, but like here they'll say, okay, it's it's forty degrees, but it feels like twenty five. Do y'all have that up there too? We do, especially because it gets really windy. So we have a really drastic wind chill. Sometimes it can be forty and feel like feel like it's eighteen. Okay, see, then they need to call it eighteen. Y'all need. (laughs) I agree. That's ridiculous. Feels like well, it it is. If it feels like it, it is. Anyway, moving Mm -hmm. on. Tell everybody, <laughs> what is the HRN Winter Ride Challenge 2021? Perfect. So this we, I think this will be our third year. Um, we started a couple of years ago. It's modeled off after, um, the I think it's the Northwoods Farm Winter Ride Challenge. If you're and not stealing, about- if you're stealing from us, you're stealing twice. <laughs> Remember that. Carry on. Exactly. So a whole bunch of HR and auditors had been doing that challenge. And then about three years ago, they took it off Facebook onto their own website. And it was just really difficult to use. So we were like, well, let's just create our own challenge and just have it be HRN people. Um, and so it's it, rules are very similar to the Northwoods Farm. So the goal is you have 12 weeks. We're going to start January 4th. Um, and I believe that puts us to March 28th. You have to complete 30 rides, 40 horsemanship hours. So those 40 horsemanship hours could be whatever you deem helpful. That could be, of course, it includes your rides, but it could also be lunging or groundwork or just spending time with your horse. Um, and then, so you have those 12 weeks and it's with one horse. So you can't do 10 rides on one and five rides Jamie's on another. Jamie's out. She doesn't have one to- horse she can ride for 12 weeks. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> yeah. But if you want to use two horses, we have some auditors that have done it with two horses. So they, they double up and they go for 60 rides and 80 hours. And oh, weeks. yeah, yeah. Definitely me. And <laughs> that sounds... Exactly. There you go. In the winter. And then uh, you can also do driving. We've had some auditors that have done um, used driving in place of riding or, or a mixture of riding and driving. And uh it's, you know, it's just a great way to motivate each other. And we all post on there with photos of our rides and, you know, kind of update each other along the way, how it's going and how many hours we have left. Okay. I just figured out 12 weeks into 40 hours is three hours a week. That doesn't seem yeah, like a lot. See, that's, yeah. Exactly. That's not too bad. It's, you know, it seems like a lot, but it really, you know, it's definitely doable, even if you're somewhere where the weather is. Unless you're like Not me and so put off your homework, and then I'll end up doing 40 hours in the last week. Um, 
Yeah, there's definitely been some. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like we've had some auditors that maybe have done a few very long trail rides the last couple weeks of the challenge (laughs) to get their hours in. So, and the thing is, you have to report it, right? You have to go on every week, and then you you put what hours you did that week on the Facebook page. Exactly. Yeah, we don't track it for you. Um, There is an app that the creators of the original challenge came out with. Um, and I believe it's just the Northwood Farms um, ride tracker. Um, but you can, I use the app called Equilab, where you can um, turn it on and it tracks what you did with your horse. Um, or you can just use a pen and paper or just estimate. Um, yeah, I, and then every I, I use an app post- called Ride with GPS. I mean, any of the apps mm-hmm. you can do that with. I use an app called, I have a dry erase board in my barn. <laughs> <laughs> And I write down all exactly. the things that do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then every time you post on the Facebook group, you just post, you know, ride 12, um, you know, 20 horsemanship hours down 40 to, or, you know, 20 to go. That way we don't have to keep track of it for you. And it's on the honor system. The only one you're hurting by not, not completing it is yourself and your horse. So. Now, so, so here's, here's kind of the thing is I'm hoping to keep one of these thoroughbreds. And so I will by January 4th know if I'm going to keep one and then I'll be able to do the challenge (laughs) I am in. Now, the most important question, Avery, is how much money is Glenn going to pay the winner? (laughs) That is what I want to know as well. I didn't start this. I think Avery should have to pay the winner. Is it a winner thing? Is it just like a personal life challenge kind of thing? It's a bragging rights thing. It's I completed the winter challenge. I, you know, I, I rode my horse 30 times in 20 degree weather. Uh, you know that, what? That type of I will commit to, I will get together a, uh, a roving trophy. So we'll have a, tro- Ooh, what do they I call like that? This. One of the trophy moves with the winners every year. I forget what they call that. Oh, I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, no. Traveling trophy. I think that's what they call no. it. No. Traveling trophy. Perpetual. Thank you. So we'll do that. There and go. I will commit to that. I will commit to a trophy. I'm writing it down. Yeah, but so see, if there's not one person that wins, Glenn, so you're going to have to make a lot of perpetual trophies. No. So, no. I thought there was one is- person that won. Nope. It's it's anyone that completes the 30 rides. Oh, well, I'm not doing that. Hours forget that. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have 700 people and yeah. you're going to have to pay 700 perpetual trophies. I would commit to the, you know, I would commit to the first one to complete, but that's not really the challenge. The challenge is just to do it. I, you know what it is, is, is it just motivates you on those days where you're like, get to the barn and you're like, oh, I don't, mm, I don't feel like riding. You know what? I remember I, 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 I went to a Karen O'Connor clinic and I was an auditor. And she was like, the good riders, you know, they go to the barn and they ride. The great riders get to the barn and they don't feel like riding, but they still get on their damn horse. You know, <laughs> so I, I can love hear her that. saying that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's like, good riders ride. Great riders ride when they don't want to get on your damn horse you know, kind of thing. So she was. And so I always think like I, when I boarded, I was like, I, I would get to the barn and people were like, are you going to ride today? And I'm like, I'm here. Of course I'm going to ride. What do you think? <laughs> doing here but there's a lot of people that don't and that's fine too you know if that's your horsemanship journey that you're on great but this challenge will motivate you on those days where you're just kind of dragging and i kind of had one of those days yesterday where you just kind of you just feel icky and you're just not motivated and you're kind of depressed and all that, it was all that where was it was yesterday? was all that toast with that crap you had on it yesterday that's maybe i over salted <laughs> you did <laughs> that's probably it we'll see how i do today but it is a great challenge. I did the one t- I think last was it no two years ago. I started it with Groot, and then I was uh, detoxing from the makeover in the next winter ride challenge. So uh, now <laughs> I'm back. I'm ready to tackle it again. Perfect. Where, where can people go to sign up and become a part of it? So we have a Facebook group. Um, it's HRN Winter Ride Challenge 2021. And then you just request to join if you're not a member already. Um, There are three questions just to make sure that they are HRN listeners um, because the last couple of years we've had a lot of people who I think, you know, they they just search for Winter Ride Challenge and they have no clue what HRN is. Um, We want to keep it with our family. Exclusive. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. We have such a nice family. We don't want people coming in there. We don't want those not nice people who don't listen to our show coming in there. 
question. What, exactly. So what what are the questions the that they have to answer? Yeah, I was wondering if we'd know. Oh, I think <laughs> I think it's uh, what turn shows do you listen to? Um, I know one of them is uh, name one of Jamie or Glenn's horses. And now I can't remember what the third one is. Um, I could get that. But they're pretty straightforward. <laughs> if, if somebody listens to any of the shows, they should be able to to answer the questions. Um, and then the admins will let you in. We have, uh, we have, I'm an admin, and then I have a couple others from the auditor community. And then, you know, of course, the general rules apply. Everybody needs to be nice and supportive. No telling somebody they're doing anything wrong or, you know, putting somebody down because they're not as good as you. Don't be a jerk, basically. Don't Don't be a jerk. Basic rules. Um, Which, if you're not then, an auditor, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm gonna put a plug in for the auditors out there because they're a terrific group. Uh, and by the way, to become an auditor, you just go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down the right side of the page, you'll see an auditor banner. Banner, and it's it's as little as three dollars a month. You can donate, and uh, that money goes out to our hosts too. So Jamie gets a little raise every month because of you guys. But uh, it's a terrifically positive group. It's there. There's no negative in the group, and I can see. I'm glad you're doing it this way because it keeps it positive. Keep the riffraff yeah. out. Yeah. That's the best group. I honestly, I, I hate Facebook and I thought about deleting it so much, but I'm like, no, I'd miss my HRN family. I can't tell so. you how many auditors keep their Facebook because of the HRN group. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. So once you're in the group, just post a photo of you and your horse. It does have to have you in the photo. I know most of us have photos of our ponies, but not us. Um, post the photo of you and your pony and then use the hashtag i'm in hrn and that way i can kind of keep track of who is um, joining and what their horse's name is i'll put a document together um, in the group so everybody can just take a a overview of who all is competing Um, and then if you have any additional goals or if you need to modify the goals or anything you can put that in that post and i'll add it to the document when we start. Um, and again, we're starting January 4th. Um, so no cheating and starting your rides early, but you can start conditioning your ponies now. Do you know what that means? Do you know what January 4th means? That is a deadline to me of everybody needs to go out and buy a horse for the challenge. Okay. Exactly. Go get a new horse. You have till January 4th. Go adopt 4th. one of the, one of Jamie's thoroughbreds. The yes. problem with Jamie is she keeps getting new horses, but they're untrained or, or too young. <laughs> Uh, well, I do have some babies. That's why I need to adopt me an older thoroughbred, Glenn. Duh. Are she allowed to do exactly. in hand? Maybe she could just do in hand. No, it's not. You, you got to be a biter. And <laughs> you said you have you to ride. You can do in hand. You can modify. That's why we. That's why we say our guidelines are just guidelines. If you need to modify, um, you know, we've had horses that get hurt and can only be hand walked and all right i'm modifying training i'm or... modifying my pony and my bike and i'll take a picture of them together <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to ride a bike in the hrn horseback riding winter challenge glenn you can drive your pony wait a minute there has to be some advantage of being the boss there really does i'm, I'm looking for it here <laughs> you're no i'm digging no, no not gonna happen <laughs> no we we look to you as our fearless leader to show us how it's Oh, done. okay. Got it. Yeah. 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 Well, then you're you're all screwed. I got to tell you. <laughs> I was going to say, good save, Avery. Not so much. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is going to be exciting. Okay. Go check it out, you guys. HRN Winter Ride Challenge 2021. You can open if you, uh, it's open to all listeners, but you'll, you're going to love everybody so much. You're going to want to become an auditor. And to do that, go to horseradionetwork.com. And uh, love you, mean it. Thanks for doing this. I'm excited to get started. I got to buy a horse. <laughs> yes. Go buy a horse, and we'll see you in the challenge Facebook group. <laughs> Thank you, Avery. Thanks for doing Bye. this. Yeah. Bye-bye. <laughs> She's great. And she, you know, I mean, I'm Chad, I have to buy one. Okay. Because <laughs> it's like, I have to, because I, I have known this challenge and I don't have more new one. And they all volunteer to do this stuff too. There's so many different groups. There's like what, 20 different HRN pages that I don't even know about. Uh, but there's a, like a sewing one and a quilting one. And they have all these different groups they've started as an offshoot of the auditor group. There's a horse radio network. There's a sci-fi one that they all talk about sci-fi stuff. And 
Yeah, you are not allowed in the mama's group because I'm we not talk in about the mama's group. No, I mean, there's of... some groups I don't even know exist. Some of the times they ask me permission. I'm like, sure, well, I can't stop you from starting a group. Uh, but uh, I'm not in part of that one. Hey, while you get ready, I thought it would be perfect for us to end the year with weird news because it's been a weird ass year. Well, I, you know, I also have a poem that I was going to read too. So okay. do you want the poem first or last? Let's do it's the poem last. Is it a Christmas poem? It's a Christmas then poem we'll written end by with Dr. That. Madison Siemens. All right, we'll do the weird news, and we'll end with that. But while you're getting ready for weird news, I have a song I also wanted to play from last year's Radiothon because it was a lot of fun, and she did a lot of work to put it together. Uh, so we're going to play that while you get ready for weird news, okay? Okay. All right, here we go. Go tell it on the mountain, over the barn and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that HRN is here. While Glenn the Geek is watching, or auditors that roam, behold, throughout the stable, there grew a steady podcast. Go tell it on the mountain, over the barn and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that HRN is here. The spouses there were doubtful when all around the world. The listeners were tuned in to hear the latest horse news. Go tell it on the mountain, over the barn and everywhere. Go tell it on the mountain that HRN is here. As ten plus years have gone by, the critics are surprised <laughs> that horses are so popular, but owners are like, why? Go tell it on the mountain. Over the barn and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that HRN is here. Thank you to Jenny Brubaker. That was great. I would like to start out by saying weird news is, uh, you know, it's a segment for all of us. You guys all see news stories or something pops up and your job is to send it to me because I have to do all of this work all by myself and I don't like it. It's and so, so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Um, <laughs> so I would like to thank Jessica second. Jessica sent me a ton of stories. And I'm going to use two out of the three she sent me. And I'm saving the next one for the end because I found some other really good ones. So, Jessica, thanks, babe. All right. Let's start with um, we're going to head to California. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a feel good Christmas story. There was a, a man, a uh, Northern California man that dressed as Santa Claus and, and, and he flies on one of these like powered parachute machines. Have you seen this with like a big fan in the back and yeah, there's yeah. a parachute on yeah, it. The they guy fly flies around. over the farm with that. Yep. Oh, yeah. So this guy used to, he flies all over Northern California and he decided he was going to go see the children and bring them candy canes. I made up that song. Uh, so he puts on a Santa suit and is flying around the neighborhood. Children, ho, 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 I have candy canes for you. Bah! Crashes into the power lines and it's hanging no. down from the power lines. He was not injured. Neighbors watched his ground crews work. This like made Rio Linda news. They, they had they had the news crews out there. Oh my they god! They used a bucket truck to get him down. How to get him down? Um, uh, let's see. They said that is, yeah. Oh my god, the picture is hilarious. He's hanging upside down. He was not hurt. Nobody was hurt. He Everybody got fried. was fine. <laughs> yeah, he had fried yeah. Santa. But if you just Google stuck Santa, it's pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Next. I think this is good news for horse owners everywhere. Um, but it also just makes me fear a zombie apocalypse. And what it is, is that um, researchers have discovered a fungus that flies land on 
and it infects the, it goes into the flies and destroys the flies abdomens okay and they start to gradually crumble and as they're the, the problem is they, they don't die they keep going while the fungus devours the flies alive finally the fungi ravaged insects collapse to the ground in spasms and die uh the spores that are inside the flies are like released like snow and then more flies are landing on these, and they're calling them zombie flies, Glenn. And this could be the end this, to barn flies everywhere. This doesn't transmit to humans, right? Because that's kind of sounds how, like how COVID started. It's pretty horrible. Like to think about all the things. Like, how is this only? They're working on it in Copenhagen. They're doing all this. Where all science is done is that's in a twenty twenty story Denmark. for you. Zombie flies. Zombie flies, <laughs> along with Yay! murder hornets and everything else. All right, now the most exciting story that I ha- I teased at the beginning of the no, show. I don't want to hear this. It is a delicacy, Glenn. It is. It is going to be less common than the McRib. Like they're only selling like 400,000 of these sandwiches in China. And so this is undoubtedly one of the like. You said they're selling it at McDonald's? Heralded. People are so excited about this. And uh, it's a new sandwich being sold in McDonald's. And Lucas, you're going to be so excited to hear this. Uh, It's going to have the the patty. And then there's going to be a slice of Spam. And then there's going to be like lettuce and tomato. And then there's going to be another slice of spam. And then on top of that, they top with crushed Oreos. What? And before the, the, the top bread, they slather it in mayonnaise. That's right. It's a Oreo spam mayonnaise sandwich. And this is actually being released on, oh my gosh, it came out two days ago. Sounds like something they would eat in Hawaii too. They love spam there. (laughs) Jennifer loves spam. She would have the, the, the spam. I'm not sure about putting the Oreos on it, but she would definitely do the spam and the burger. McDonald's says it's planned to sell no more than 400,000 of the, they're calling it lunch meat burgers. It wasn't clear how many have been sold uh, or how many people who flooded social media with scathing comments had actually eaten one. And somebody said, one of the comments, too, comments. somebody wrote, when you hate someone, but you have to invite him for dinner, you can ask him to eat a McDonald's <laughs> Oreo lunch meat burger. <laughs> I wonder why they thought the Oreos. I mean, I kind of get the spam. It's pork product. Like, Bacon, but Oreos and meat. Oh, Jennifer has spam in the cupboard right here. Jennifer, she'll be fine. Yes, yeah. Okay, and we're gonna finalize weird news with an awesome story. Are we missing Florida? No Florida today. Not a dang Florida story. Wow. This we're, we're going to move to Thailand for this one. And again, Jessica sent me these. And this one has a very uh, painfully graphic video. Okay. Uh, and it's only because I'm an animal person, it's hard to watch. Um, but in Thailand, a rescue worker was called into action. His name is Man- Mana Servate. He was called into action. He was off duty um, and he was on a road trip and he saw a motorcyclist driving down the road and hit a baby elephant. So the motorcycle driver Only in Thailand, where you flying. Do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the baby elephant is on the ground. He runs out of his car, jumps into action, and gives the baby CPR. How? This is a tiny baby oh, elephant. Okay. It's tiny. I mean, it looks like it's like a day old. Where do you and start? Where do you figure you get to heart? Side, he's laying on its, it's laying on its side and he's compressing like right behind the front leg like to, and and, and the compression even with CPR are pretty hard to watch cuz it's so intense um but he c- compressing this baby elephant and then somebody else is treating the motorcycle rider and somebody starts videoing He's like, I just assumed where an elephant heart would be located based on theory um And then the baby elephant started to move. He revived using CPR on a baby elephant. The elephant stood up after 10 minutes and then they swept him up, took him to another location for treatment and then returned him to the scene of the accident in hope of being reunited with his mother. So 
here's this baby elephant. Now, the guy died, all... but the elephant lived. Yeah, I didn't say anything <laughs> what happened to the guy. Whatever. <laughs> That's not his story. This is the <laughs> elephant story. Um, and so the elephant, baby elephant, they like bring it back and they, you know, set it down and they all kind of back away and they're listening. And the baby is like, me, um, me. I don't know. If baby elephant <laughs> Sounds like a cat or a donkey or a <laughs> chicken <laughs> or what? I don't know. Is whimpering. I don't know. A goat. Sounds uh, like a goat. <laughs> yeah. So it started calling out. Oh my God, all the elephants came back and got him after all of that. So, uh, well, there's a happy story to end the year right there. I know. I thought I should end with a happy story. The baby elephant was saved by the guy doing CPR that happened to be a rescue worker that happened to be in the right place at the right time and happened to save the elephant. The big mama happened to come back. It was just an all around good story. Yay, good job, good job. By the way, I was so relieved on the China story. I thought you were going to say it was some kind of rodent, uh, rodent innards uh, sandwich. That's when what I-, I can get a little darker in these if you want me to. <laughs> no, that's because okay. the I, stuff that I read when I start looking for this <laughs> is horrifying. So I give the no, ones that like, yeah, a little cheerier yeah. Yeah. and a lot of photos. Like, I don't need to know about the eel that popped out of the egret's stomach and the as it was flying like alien and there's oh, a photo I saw of that like story. snake thing coming out. Oh, I saw <gasps> that story. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to do that one on the show. I'm no. going to end with a good story. <laughs> well, Baby well, elephant. Well, we're actually going to end with uh, a poem, right? That uh, And before we do that, I would just want to thank everybody for listening this year. We really appreciate it. If you're a new listener, we hope you hang around and thank all the hosts on the Horse Radio Network for all the shows this year. I, I don't know how many episodes we put out. It had to be five or 600 total. Um, and thank you, Jamie, for hanging out with me for another year and doing this show. And I'm after the emails we got this week, we realized why we still do it. Uh, so, uh, thank you all for listening. We really yeah, appreciate your and support. keep sending those emails. We like those. It make us make us keep doing that. I'll be here Friday, Glenn. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm, all right, I won't be talking well, to enjoy that. I hope you learned how to post the show. Because... <laughs> I don't. I, I I'm, I'm gonna be really bored if I don't. Uh, so anyway, yeah. So this poem, um, and thank you for you know, doing what you do and, and all you guys for listening. It wouldn't be a show if, if nobody listened to it. So, you know, thanks for, thanks for being here and thanks for telling your friends. And, and we will have an audit or post show today, right? Uh, yes, okay. we had a training question and I have yet to get to it. So I was going to get to it right, today. We'll it's from Haley show. Clements. All right. We'll get to that in the post show, but this is from Dr. Siemens, one of our good friends and regular contributor to the show. Yeah, Dr. Siemens wrote this poem and he was supposed to do the poem last time he was on the show and we forgot about it. And so this time I said, okay, well, if you could just record it into your phone and send it to me. And he wrote how to do that. Uh, and then I gave up because it's like talking to my mom with technology. <laughs> about so your mom's I, age, I think. <laughs> yeah. So I just decided I was going to read it. All right. Good. Well, and uh, so this is it. This is the last thing we're doing on the show this year. I'll tell you a tale if you want to hear a Christmas story that happened last year. I was working as usual in my little horse clinic, inspecting and injecting every horse that was in it. I had finished my rounds when a knock at the door preceded a man I had not seen before. He was short, fat, and round with a white bearded chin with something familiar in his cherub cherubic grin. (laughs) I can't say the word, sorry. He wore old rundown ropers and a sock on his head and a jacket and breeches that used to be red. He said, evening, son, you the vet around here? And I proceeded to ask if I doctored reindeer. Was I losing my mind and losing it quick? Or was my newest client jolly old St. Nick? So I looked in the yard for his reindeer and sled, but a one-ton Ford diesel was parked there instead. (laughs) He said, my stocks only work in just one night a year, so I use a gooseneck to haul them down here. They have a few problems I've been treating myself with some trusty home remedies I got from an elf. But it ain't long till Christmas, and that's our big day, so I can't have lame reindeer a-dragging my sleigh. Old Rudolph's red nose is sore from a sneeze, and I think Dancer and Prancer have navicular disease. And Vixen is pregnant, though her figure's still neat. That Rudolph's a rascal when Vixen's in heat. Can a pregnant deer work at pulling a sleigh? Will labor pain slower? Will she be in the way? 
that Blitzen's a bronc and so bad to fight us, he's painfully plagued with antler arthritis. All Cupid's just plain stupid, spends a lot of time down. It's just bound to founder if there's any corn around. He's more than half crippled, but one I can't lose. Should I put him to sleep or try some bar shoes? There's another one limping I'd rather not shoot, but old Donner's a goner if he don't get some butte. <laughs> well, I looked at this challenge and it seems such a puzzle because I can't tell a reindeer's tail from his muzzle. I'm an equine pra practitioner. My specialty is horses. I slept through reindeer in my college vet courses. <laughs> But I felt obligated to help if I could for the sake of the kids in my neighborhood. Twas at least I could do since Santa left me a digital x-ray under my Christmas tree. So I went to my office in a state of despair to look for a book about reindeer repair. But I found not a volume, and that's what I'd feared. So there's no doggone way I'd save Christmas this year. But I floated some teeth so at least I could eat. X-rayed and trimmed 32 tiny feet and Anki loose antlers and swabbed out a nose, castrated the bucks and palpated the does. I doctored the lungers with reindeer cough tonic and I nerved two lame reindeer with navicular chronic. When I finished the last one, I said without fear, I released from my care eight healthy reindeer. While I'm finishing records, he's loading his stock. I heard trailer door doors closing. Snaps clicking on locks. I cut him a break when I'm figuring fees, but I have my expenses and I can't do this for free. Then he jumped in his truck, fired it up with a roar, left my place slinging gravel as he slammed in the door. And I heard him holler as he topped the last hill. I'm broke till next year, Doc. Just send me a bill. <laughs> well written, Doc. Well written. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> Spade, neuter, and gelt! So long.